Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Look at that! It's classic Nitro Review O'Clock, friends. It's late is what it is. It's the late show. it's your fault. I'm David Letterman. I shouldn't even be here. You shouldn't be here. No. Because, you know, it's a million to one possibility of any of us you being here. Just wa- you should have just watched it yourself this week miss- and talked to yourself about but Mr. I w- Frosty. I would miss you. You leave me hanging like that again, Tom. I was poorly. I had people ask it. I don't care if you're poorly. I did a sick. You just got to watch wrestling. I watched a wrestling and it made me do a sick. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Uh, a little few, a few days later than expected, a Sunday edition of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. Who be we? I be Tom Campbell with resident WCW kid Sam Driver. Squeezing out a, a, a bit of time in his Christmas <laughs> schedule. I didn't know where the fuck that was going to go there. I know, right? Just I, squeezing out. Squeezing out a little bit of time and poo to, to chat Nitro with us. <laughs> How you doing, friends? I'm grand. I'm stressed. There's a lot of uh, deadlines. It's December. We're coming up on... It's just, it's just, it's just, you'll, you'll understand by the time we reach Christmas. You, you, you'll, oh, you'll, you'll appreciate you'll, it. You'll, you'll get it. You'll see how much is on the channel. <laughs> you will appreciate the focaccia out of it when yes. you see it. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the, the cards... On your Twitch stream. Yeah, I've got some next door still. I was going to bring them in today. Bring but them next week. We'll do I'll a bring big, them next we'll week because, uh, yeah, they're, they're, the, the room next door is being used right now. So I can't exactly jump in and just be like, wait. So uh, we've should. still got about 10, 11 packets to open, I think. Excellent. So, so hmm. next week, the final Nitro review of 2022, uh, we're going to open some uh, Nitro cards. Yeah, I'm excited for yeah because they they look lovely. I miss They're the class. days of like, collecting cards. Well, it's it's just the the simplicity of these types of trading cards. I don't think we ever really had these cards, or, or at least they weren't as big a deal as they were in the states, where it's just here's a picture, here's some facts. Uh, but you know, we we kind of move more into the match attacks and sticker books and stuff, where there'd be like a little game that went with the cards, and then eventually Pokemon, all that stuff, Magic the Gathering. But yeah, it's just kind of a simpler time where you just get a really kind of awkward shot of say uh, Lex Luger <laughs> looking like this, posing just, for trading cards, not even posing like halfway <laughs> through a match. 
uh, just sort of picking himself up off the floor with like a grimace. <laughs> and it'll be Lex Luger, card number five of 12. We joke on the regular. Uh, do you remember Power Slam magazine? Yeah. How could I? Do you remember Power Slam magazine? Uh, you might not, you might not. Do you remember Power Slam? It's like, do you remember you know, the, 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 the daily hey, news? No. Do you remember BBC existing? Well, no. <laughs> They've certainly <laughs> forgotten about me. Do, um, do, you, do, you, do you remember television? No. Yeah. I don't. But we, 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 on the SmackDown review, we have a good old chuckle mm. uh, at the, the, some of the photos that are included in there, like the copyright free yeah. photos, which are like of like Steve Austin just going out, stepping outside his hotel room, yeah. like adjusting his well, hat. Well, they're not, a lot of them aren't copyright free. A lot of it is sort of the way that photography in wrestling used to work. And I, I imagine it might still work to this level. I have no idea. But uh, like way, way back in the day, because I remember Jim Cornette talking about it and he would have pen pals when he was like, you know, a, a young kid taking photographs for the Jarrett's in Louisville. He would uh, have his photos and say a publication needed some photos of X stars he would trade with somebody from Japan and they'd get all of his Memphis photos if he could get all of their photos of XYZ. Ooh. And so it became this game of like, okay, well, you know, we'll share these and we'll do that. And uh, a lot of the time it's it's like press photographers and like non-company photographers, as you said. Uh, sometimes it's just fan f uh, images, but sometimes it's just that case of like, it's a photographer sharing images with other people. But I always really enjoyed that sort of, uh, the, the less polished the more candid images, I guess, yeah, of, of wrestlers, you know, leaving nice. a hotel looking angry. I quite like, <laughs> and, and we were spoiled with them in Powers Lab. Yeah, obviously. we really, really were. Uh, but so the cards remind me of that. We're going to open them next week. We've got some mailbag stuff, but do you know what? We're going to do a bumper Christmas mailbag next week. Yes, I think. Okay. And we'll, so it's your last chance this week to drop us an email to classic at cultaholic for 2022. After that, it's gone forever. <laughs> it shuts down for Christmas as the email. It goes on its holiday. It just sits there. Just just bombard it with nice, happy Christmas messages. I if ain't like. checking a single one till January the 2nd. So if you can make sure there's about six to 800 there for Tom <laughs> to wade through, but give them all like titles like, hey, I've got something for, you know, th this is my question for you guys. And it's just like a picture of a dog or something. <laughs> That'll be, yeah. Tom oh. having to click on all of those. And click delete on all of them. <laughs> Delete all. Done. That's the mailbag sorted. I respect the mailbag. We had any mail? Nah. Nah, it's all, it all fell in a bin. What are the chances? He's just gently strangling a postman who's bringing in more merchandise. <laughs> if you can find a postman, am I right? Support the strikes. Uh, March 25th, 1996. That's where we currently it's are. It's a very corporate support, support the, the strikes. strikes. I do. Fuck the government. Yeah, no, Workers I deserve more. I exactly. I yeah. support the postman. Postmen yeah. are bloody brilliant. Train workers, the fucking lot. Yeah. Teachers. We're on like your side. Higher education lecturers, like everybody needs more money when the government has its entire arm up your ass uh, while, you know, fluffing their, their best mate, the energy mm. companies slash corporations they own percentages of. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a very warm Christmas in my house, but I imagine it's going to be a much colder Christmas for a lot of people. Not for certain Tory horses, though. No. They get nice heated stables. Um, but you know what? Why the fuck haven't we just taken to the streets yet? <laughs> I like I like how this went from postmen aren't around. Am I right to this fucking riot revolution? <laughs> revolution. The, the fucking this would have like it, things would have got about a month deep. <laughs> 
into the scenario in France before everybody called general strike and just started burning the capital city down and blocking roadways until they get what they want. And um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, come on, <laughs> like, that, when, are you for real? You're gonna let you're gonna let people shaft were that bad when really they don't care about any of us. Take to the streets. Sam Dreyer is organizing and down uh, the street, has got a big old fence, but it can't stop a million people. <laughs> Sam's organizing an impromptu meet and greet outside Ten Downing Street. Hey, if you get Slayer going, we can get <laughs> you rocking backwards and forwards on the gate till it opens. <laughs> I was thinking more. Do you hear the people sing? Nah. Singing the song of angry men. No, that'd be that'd be too that'd be too uh, too on the nose. I want raining blood. <laughs> I want them cowering in Downing Street as they hear that thunder rumbling in. That's a and nice. And Kerry King. In nice fact, fly Christmas. Kerry King in. Fly Slayer in. Go on. One more reunion date. <laughs> Gary Holt, probably do it. Exodus can open. Uh, I love it. This, this went from postman to a Slayer can you reunion. Just, you, you're a Tory. You've just scalped 50 million from people and kind imagine. of chuckling about it. Uh, and then all you hear is like the opening bars to War Ensemble by Slayer. <laughs> Yeah, it's getting louder and louder until it's rumbling the walls, and then you come out and and then you just get absolutely murked by the entire populace of the country. Sam on a fire horse. Yeah, I'd like a fire horse or a thunder horse. No, give me a thunder horse, and then we'll get Death Clock in, and Death Clock can be on the bill too, and they can play they can play us all in while we all ride thunder horses. To Thunder Horse. This is the true spirit of Christmas. Yeah. Starting strong. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. You know, give me cheaper energy and a warm house, you fucking pricks. Or <laughs> um Thunder Horse. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> energy or Thunder Horse. It's a hey, simple. You know, but it was it was it was other governments that caused this problem over the last 12 years, right? So should we burn them all? I I just oh. I just, I try and look at it's the It's got positive. to get to a general strike soon. <laughs> I think it might be over Christmas. We're all just some downtime. If they cut power on Christmas, I think that'll be it. Yeah. I think that'll be when, you know, things start getting very unsafe. It's fine. My Hornby Railway uses batteries anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to 1996. A simpler time. Yes. Um, where number one in the UK cinemas is Toy Story. Perfect. You got a friend in me. I believe it was either that or Power Rangers, the movie that was my first ever cinema experience. Was that with Ivan Ooze? I mean, there's only one Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, Tom. There's a couple in there. There's only one Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, Tom. Fine. If you want to start talking about In Space, Zeo, or fucking <laughs> God forbid, Turbo, <laughs> you want to bring up Turbo with its fucking, you know, Wesley fast, Crusher really level. Fast. I'm the fucking annoying 11-year-old who's the Blue Ranger. <laughs> um, and I'm somehow adult height when I morph. <laughs> Look at my car. When you <laughs> Mighty Morphin Zeo in space gravy. I right? kind I kind of want to catch you. Light for these. Speed Rescue. <laughs> much 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 later in the series. Gravy. You know, Time Force started to slip a little bit, but fuck me, Turbo is just oh, it's insufferably bad. I kind of want to. <laughs> I kind of want to catch you between major jobs for these in future because we we are presented with. <laughs> Right, come on, and another thing, you cunts. <laughs> just this wonderful manic chaos. Just it's like a tornado. Vitriol. Just vitriol. A tornado yeah. of vitriol and piss and vinegar has <laughs> swirled into the podcast studio, and I am living in the tornado. Revolution. Revolution. The birdcage is number one in America. Yeah. Good film. 
Uh, Prodigy are number one in the UK. Which one? Firestarter. Firestarter. Swiss, nice. there, there's an anthem to, yeah. to storm the Reichstag. <laughs> well, we wouldn't be storming the Reichstag. That's all the way over in Germany. Which well, is in case we get lost. <laughs> I've got no sense lost. of direction. I'm as the crow flies, mate. Yeah. Um, and on a slightly lighter <laughs> note, number one of the US. I'm sure the crow knows where it's going. <laughs> it doesn't go. <laughs> Not in my house, it doesn't. Because you've locked the fucker in. <laughs> it keeps looking out the windows and trying to escape, but it's just bouncing off the bastard. <laughs> Could find the kitchen. <laughs> in the US, Mariah Carey is no longer number one. Fuck for that. Celine Dion, because you love me. I'll tolerate it. She's got a two. She's got a two-year window until she is everywhere. Yeah, with Titanic. But yeah, this is the beginning of Celine Dion's like global meteoric rise. I guess. Mm. I can't remember her doing much before that, right? Um, like earlier nineties. She's got some like sort of faster-paced songs. Yeah. That seems to sit quite well. It's horrible news about what's uh, what she's dealing with right now. As yeah, well. is it? Is it? It's uh, it's stiff body syndrome. Yes, I believe. Where it essentially limits her her mobility and her muscle ability, and it just yeah, it's so not really you know for somebody who's literally to to any nineties kid so iconic, mm. it, it's like you know, you couldn't move for Celine Dion through the last like four years of the nineties. Mm -hmm. She was just everywhere. <laughs> you could. I. I one day left the house, and there she was. And immediately, I just got slapped in the face with a Celine Dion CD. <laughs> By the Celine wind was Dion. just carrying them all. She kept telling me her heart would go on. Bless her. Uh, the Academy Awards were this weekend as well. Yes. Uh, hosted by Whoopi Goldberg, the, okay. only, the only Goldberg that Brett doesn't have an issue with. Uh, Braveheart won Best Picture. Mel Gibson won Best Director for said film. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicholas Cage won Best Actor for Leaving Las Vegas. What a fucking movie! What a movie. Susan Whenever Smith. you look at Nicholas Cage and yeah, the, you know the, the often terrible level films you see him in uh, in the modern age, it, it really does a lot to to people's sort of mindset about him being a good actor because he is a fucking good actor when he wants to do it and when he's like tuned in, ready to go. Like he's an unbelievable actor, but. It sort of became Nicolas Cage blockbuster star, which also worked amazingly. We sort of ended on the big high with National Treasure. And then it started to get a little bit rocky. And it was all due to like ongoing financial situations involving him, I believe, as manager. Um, and you know, a lot of very serious stuff that had to go on. So he just started taking as much work as he could, which meant the quality. It's like Bruce Willis. The quality of films mm. just kind of diminished. But hoping that, you know, we're going to be able to get him back to that level where he's less of a meme and more fucking hell, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm listening to a great podcast about him at the moment yeah. called Stealing Superman. Ooh. Is this about his Superman? Uh, performance. No, this is about his uh, comic book collection. Yes. And how on the New Year's Eve party of 1999 into 2000, mm -hmm. he had um, the first Superman comic and the first Batman comic stolen from his home from a, from a locked safe deposit thing. And it's a series which explains like, like, like goes into like how they could have stolen it, who stole it. I'm not quite finished yeah. yet, so I don't know how it ends. But Nicolas Cage, an you, avid comic bag. You know about him Almost playing Superman, right? I have heard that. Yes, so there I is there's was, footage of him. I believe it was as... Tim Burton uh, was going to be directing or producing a Superman film. Uh, and Nicolas Cage with long flowing black hair in the Superman suit is just weird yeah. to look at. Like, and to think about like, whoa, like, could this have changed trajectory for him? Could he have been like pushed into the stratosphere even quicker? 
like what would have happened. See, I love the idea. Because he had such a good, like Face Off, like loads of good films and Con Air, like just a straight run through. Imagine like if, if they ever adapt, if they ever took that DC mm. and decided let's have some fun with that and let's let's do like a multiverse thing where Nicolas Cage turns up. As I'm Superman. done with superheroes now. I used to even love. If, I, used to, su- I used to love comic books, Tom. Like no. I, DC uh, in particular, Batman, the the heavier, more like violent Batman stories. Some of my favorites. Um, I was an avid Marvel reader. Uh, until they started rejigging everything to the point where it was like, oh, we're rebooting it again. And it's like, okay, well, why? Mm. You know, uh, we're going to retread the same stories again. Why? And it's clear to see why now these days. One single series of manga in uh, Demon Slayer outsold, this is one volume, outsold the entire fucking American comic book market. And I think that, having it just rammed down your throat at cinemas while there's been some amazing films, don't get me wrong, like unreal MCU films. I just think the time is drawing near. And I wished, I wished so hard that DC just sat on it, let Marvel run out of steam eventually, and then went right and tried to launch like off the back of it with a bit more of a mature slant because you're going to have all these teenagers who are going to reach maturity by the point Marvel's done then you can hit him with the hard, violent superhero stuff, right? Mm. So I, I'm just, I was so annoyed just to see it all slide off. But I do think it does work. You know, the idea of having this what if style universe for DC. Yeah. Bring Tim Burton in. Let's see what happens. I think what's the worst that could happen? You I just, a brilliant I film. just feel it was criminal. And, you know, Zack Snyder, great visual director. Um, his, his visuals are unreal. I just thought it was a crime that they took such a good story in The Dark Knight Returns and just cherry-picked bits of it they liked and crammed it into Batman versus Superman, when now Michael Keaton is at the perfect age to play Batman in The Dark Knight Returns as this, like, retired Batman who knows he's going to die, and he knows that if he goes out there, he's going to get the absolute shit beaten out of him every single time, but he's sick. Mm. He's sick of seeing how far the city's slipped, and it's like one last ride for Batman. You could have had Michael Keaton back for that. That would have been amazing. You could still do it, but it's it's just like, man, it's so fucking violent. I like it's it. It's so violent. But you reckon they could have sat on that a bit longer and then just... I think the, if they just <laughs> waited a bit and, and just went for it. But it gets me real down because I still fucking love comics, but I'd never read anything new like from the major companies anymore. Like I'm a big fan of Image. Yeah. Image are really good. I'm surprised Image don't do, aren't considered dabbling in the... The movie world, but I guess they're just watching what's happening. Maybe they're going to be the ones. Well, image, wait for the image. Have always down. been a bit more independent um, and like structured, a bit more independent. So I think like a lot of series come to them rather than they're kind of bankrolling a lot. But then again, you know, we've got a new Spawn movie coming. That's images, true. you know, Todd McFarlane and everything initially. So I think with Spawn, it could be like, okay, let's try the ultra violent superhero shit. Let's see if it works. And then if that works, Disney, make a Punisher film in which once again we see him put a man into a wood chipper <laughs> in full graphic detail. Put Please. it on Disney Plus. You Live cowards. leak's gone now. You know, Live Leak's gone. I, I just I need the Punisher. <laughs> Where can Sam Driver <laughs> on Christmas Day watch someone being put in no. a wood chipper? <laughs> What's Christmas without hey, it? Did, did you have that kid in school who was like, hey, look at this gore site? And oh, it was yeah. like, no, fuck off, man. Like, how? Like, how can you look at this shit? It's fucking gross. Did you ever touch base with those kids? And I, I, I bet they're very hard. I bet they're off the grid these days. Uh, no, I think the, 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 the one kid I knew, I think he just sort of 
moved away. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and formed a cult. Yeah, maybe. Two bits of video game news. Panzer Dragoon Zwei is out on the Saturn this Which week. Which banging fucking game? Critically acclaimed rail mm-hmm. shooter. You've, you've, you've got a Saturn. So yeah, I've got a Saturn. I've played them both. Uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga is my favorite of the series, uh, which is like the RPG one. Um, and that one, I think they all go for big money, but I think Saga goes still like a pretty battered copy. You can get about 400 quid for it. Uh, there's, I think Panzer Dragoon Saga might be... There's, I, I remember reading this somewhere. I need to find the Reddit thread, but there's like a Sega game, a really rare Sega Western release for the Saturn of like an RPG. And I think it might be Panzer Dragoon Saga, but it's got like a, a weird little gatekeepy club that tries to buy every copy that goes on sale. Mm. And if you, this guy listed a copy for sale, um, knowing what he had, but not wanting to take the piss and wanting to get a quick book, you know, rather than waiting and waiting and waiting to sell it. Um, he got contacted by one of them and they were like, uh, yeah, I don't know if you realize what you're doing, but you're harming our market value. Um, the market value of our commodity in this game by selling it for this price. And it's just laughable. It's fucking laughable, but they're banging games. Banging games. Panzer, panzer. Back when, you know, like now they're pretty dated. I think, uh, the first one got a remaster about three years ago. Uh, and it's all right, but it's rail shooter. So it's one of those things where it, it's, as a mechanic, very dated, mm. but it's worth the experience. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the weekend before Nitro, all the cool kids were playing Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Uh, Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine in their hilarious adventures in the town of Raccoon City. Uh, ex- must, they must escape a mansion infested with zombies and other ghoulish monsters. It's based on a Japanese game called Sweet Home. Yes. Do you know about Sweet Home? I've heard about it, but mm. I've not. I've not really done much reading. It's originally, it was originally going to be called Biohazard. However, a DOS title already had that name, so they had to change it to Resident Evil. They, they asked all the staff at Capcom to yeah. put some names on a piece of paper and put them in a hat, and they went through all of them until they found Resident Evil. I went, that's a good name, because <laughs> they're in a house and they're all evil. Box Mansion clever. Madness. Yeah, yeah. I want to see. I want to see the off-cut names. Zombie shooty get. pew pew number one. But yeah, House it's, it's of still the dead. It's We've still, got that one. It's still Biohazard in Japan. It is indeed. Yeah. But over here, they went. No, you can't call it that. Mm. On the west, they can't. You can't do that. Dos has that one. You know what I want to remake of? Fucking Speedball. Can you imagine Speedball Ooh. with modern gameplay mechanics? Hit me with that Speedball. And you just fucking, you're like, I'm sick of that guy. And you just <laughs> launch the ball off his head and it explodes. And then, boom, the team's a player down. I assumed that they would have had that already. <laughs> oh, it was fucking Bitmap Brothers as well. Just, they made gods. Oh, man. Such a good developing team. And they had this whole illusion around them that they were like the biggest, like most rocks. They were like the first rock star of game developers, I guess, where they'd always be seen like, you know, by a helicopter or in this huge expansive space. <laughs> uh, and really, they just like worked in what was essentially a step above a squat. Um, and whenever they went to, say, Virgin offices to broker a deal to sell a game, they'd just be like, oh, there's a helicopter. Can we get a picture with the helicopter? And they just pose and build this illusion of being fucking <laughs> rock stars. And I think it's just genius. But if you never play Gods, Gods is a fucking great game. I think it's harder on the SNES because the clock issue doesn't work when it's more like uh, when it was ported. So everything's moving a bit quicker. 
but fuck me, God's is such a good oh, game. I love them. Just side scroller action, like ah. Do you know that the first Resident Evil, yeah. away from Speedball, um, and God's, um, was meant to have a multiplayer option. Ah. Was, was cut because it just wasn't up to par for the game. Came. I out. think with the. With that kind of fixed camera mechanic, it works so long as you both stay in the same room. You'd have to do the whole WWE thing of, I want to leave the door now, <laughs> yeah. and then you have to stand on the arrow, and then the other person has to come to the arrow to let you out. But it, I think, ah, I'd be interested in that. It was also set to feature two other playable characters called Geltzer and Dewey, the latter modeled on Eddie Murphy. Yeah, the and, more you know. And get this, and, and you'll love this, because you like, um, you're like me, like you like the old style sort of retro games and sort of de depreciated styles of yeah. games. A Game Boy version of Resident Evil was 90% complete. Yeah, it's a visual novel, basically, <laughs> isn't it? I, I don't know, I've never heard of it. I think I'm it, like... it's essentially... Uh, I think they did the same thing with one of the Silent Hills, where essentially, like... I think there was a bit more side-scrolling in the Resident Evil 1, but it plays essentially like, clear the room, read some text. Clear the room, read some text. Get uh -huh. the key, clear the room, read some text. <laughs> but I, I fucking love, yeah, when you go back and you look at different, the same game on different um, consoles, especially through the 90s when you had like, you know, 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit coming through. Um, it was like, I, I don't know, like you would have, say, asterisks for the Master System, but if you had asterisks for the Mega Drive, the levels would be the same, but designed completely different. The story would be largely the same, but it would feature like animations. And it'd be like, what the fuck? Be a bit shinier. Like, Sonic on the Master System has no loops. Sonic on the Mega Drive has loops. And it's also a completely different game on the Master System. Yeah, like. it becomes more of like an exploratory game. Mm. Yeah. And it features the bridge zone. Which is fucking <laughs> banging, but annoying when you're like four and you don't understand why the camera keeps knocking you off the side. Because it's one of those scrolly levels where you have to move and stay with oh, the confines. I have my and life. And the, the weights where you had to jump onto the little thing and oh. the weight would come and then bounce you and you had to let it go a couple of times to get high enough to get the crystal. Oh. Theme tune to that, by the way, was a, was a ripoff of Janet Jackson, um, Everywhere I Go. Nice. When next time you hear yeah. it, you go, ah, it is that. It yeah. is that. So that's the boring real world. What about in the cool wrestling world? Well, stuff happened. Well, in the Observer, there's been a ton of talk within wrestling. Told you, stuff, talk, some happened. big wrestling, stuff. big news. Uh, but uh, now that you caught up to speed, Mr. Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> he is such fun. Yeah. And he makes drinks for everyone. Yeah. Did you ever get a Mr. Frosty? No. I mean, I. No. We should, we should get one for Christmas. We should, I think they I were like, shit and didn't work. I they, think oh, was, they were that shit. Was, that was the big reason that I didn't get one, was I think one of my cousins had one, and my family were like, it's shit, it doesn't work. Everyone who got one, like it was it was like, you know, finally, the seat, <laughs> finally got the meaning of life. But once you got it, you go, this is shit. But yeah. Wallace that never got one thought they were amazing. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, Barry Blaustein is a name that everyone's talking about backstage at Nitro mm -hmm. this week. Do you know why? Because he likes to get involved and, and do all of the nitty-gritty political... Pol pol oh, I said that weird. Political conversations, doesn't he? On behalf of other people and work out and broker deals and... Um, no, not necessarily. This I week, thought he was an agent. Well, he is, but they're talking about him for a different reason. Okay. Uh, because he's working on a documentary. Ah! Tentatively titled Beyond the Mat. Ah! So this week, uh, he's he's been... I must be thinking of somebody else. Ha Who was I thinking that? It's Blaustein. Barry... Barry... Horowitz. No, it's Barry somebody was like a, a manager to the stars. Who the fuck was it? 
I can't remember. Um, That's where I thought we were going. I was like, oh, is this the start of the Hogan conversations? Oh, sadly not, no. Uh, Supposedly, Barry Blousing's documentary is similar to what the film Pumping Iron was for bodybuilding, or at least it will be. Eric Bischoff has had a lot of contact with the people putting it together of late. WCW could be heavily involved in it. They really wouldn't be by the end. It would be a very different story they tell. I I always felt like there's so much room for like a catch-up style documentary to follow beyond the mat. Obviously not catching up on everybody involved, maybe one or two people, but I feel that wrestling is such a different beast now, but it's so similar in so many ways that it would be an interesting parallel to take a look at. I think so. Like, let's see how far it's really advanced at X level, X level, and X level um, since this date. But the problem is you wouldn't get that inroad with any major company anymore. You wouldn't get that sort of willingness to work from, you know, bigger companies. It was a hard enough time with um, Wrestling With Shadows to get the whole, you know, deal together for that. And I think now, especially with how closed off everybody is and and how, you know, how aware, through things like Dark Side of the Ring, how aware people are of how bad wrestling can get. Mm. I don't know if it'd be something you'd be able to to pull off, which is a shame. Plus, WWE really like to control the means of production now. Yeah. And they like to, to tell their own stories, brother, brother. Um there's a bit of news. We've mentioned this a few times, but it officially happens this week. Mark Mero, uh, now gone from WCW, finds out this week that he can't use any costuming similar to his Johnny B. Bad character. <laughs> Vince, you've bought a lemon. You have bought yourself a lemon, young man. <laughs> uh, he is just a week or so away from his debut in the World Wrestling Federation, but uh, will not be allowed to be uh, the Little Richard-inspired Johnny B. Bad persona in any way, shape, or form. Which must have killed Vince, because Little Richard's one of Vince's favorite personas, musicians, celebrities of all time. Mm. So um, he yeah. can't be him. He can't capture that magic and pass it on. And boy, does Vince have buyer's remorse about it. But yeah, but it's, it's fine. It'll all kind of work out for Vince, I guess. Um, <laughs> not so much for Mark Mero, but he will leave wrestling and go on to find much greater success in different areas in life. I love following him on Twitter because he's very positive. Very positive. Soul soul. Yeah. He's, you, know, you need that timeline cleanse. He makes me look like Oscar the Grouch in comparison. Yeah. That's, a, that's a powerful <laughs> thing to do. Let's get into Nitro for this week, shall we? we yes. Are live as live can get, according to Bischoff, with three title matches tonight the US title, the tag titles, and the world title on the line. Ric Flair's defending against the Giant. And we are hot off the heels of Uncensored 96. Oh. So, thank you for joining Triple us. Cage of Hell. Uh, if you missed that, that should be up for you to listen to and watch along with us. We definitely talk a lot about wrestling in it. Oh, it's all wrestling, I promise you. Yep. Uh, Mongo still <laughs> buzzing from it. Uh, excited as well that there is a wedge driven into the alliance to end Hulkamania with yeah. Rick and the Giant fighting in the main event. Uh, Heenan's worried because Flair might not be 100% after that Doomsday Cage match. None of us are, let's be honest. <laughs> The Giants got momentum on his side after he beat up Loch Ness. <laughs> also, the tag titles held by Stang and Leg Luger are being defended by America, are being defended against American males. Conan's putting the US title up against Mr. JL as well. It's a big old title episode of Nitro. Yeah. But we open with a match I never knew even, even happened, which is the Belfast Bruiser a.k.a. Fit Finley, who gave Regal a fucking shoeing. Oh, yeah. Regal, the... uh, Regal came out of that 
uncensored pay-per-view pretty um uncensored. pretty pretty uncensored yeah <laughs> eye socket smash nose smashed blood everywhere uh, but tonight the belfast bruiser is facing macho man randy savage uh, Bobby Heenan, uh, ever the class. He says, William Regal's face looks worse than Princess Diana's car. Now, don't worry. He's not talking about that. Yes. He's talking about another car accident that Diana had. Okay. This one happened on Saturday when she went, uh, she left to go on holiday. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she ended up getting hit in, hit by a car driving through London. She's, she escaped shaken uh, but not hurt from the crash. The side of the BMW she was driving was hit by another vehicle whilst going through West London, so she's all right. But but he yeah, I, I, it's a clear. I think I it's, think it's like a it's it's like a horrible line to read, even though it wasn't meant to reference what you would think it was referencing. Because he said it, and I went, "Oh, that's not this week." Okay, yeah. it's a different one. <sighs> what is weird though? Have you ever seen like any of the the early? like footage or shots of Diana getting mobbed by Paps and she's just yeah. driving around in like a tiny blue Rover, which must have been like the coolest car at the time. <laughs> but looking back at it now, it's just like, God damn, everybody drove such ugly fucking cars. <laughs> like, like, but it, you look back, like I, I, I remember, oh, I can't remember which model it was. My auntie had a Rover and it was like top of the line and it was amazing. But you look back at it now, it's like, oh my fucking God, it looks terrible. I was in my mum's white Volvo. We had a purple Ford Escort of all colours. Oh. And it was like the one that looked like a fucking beluga whale. <laughs> it, 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 it was just so round and weird. It just it did not seem aerodynamic at all as a car. <laughs> um, the phenomenal mullet on the Belfast Bruiser deserves a little nod. Oh, fuck he yeah. great here. Uh, he dominates Savage early on in this mm -hmm. one. Bischoff puts over the deadliness of the uppercut from the Bruiser. Uh, he tries to spark out Savage with it mm -hmm. at one point as well. It only powers Savage up. He takes the lead for about a minute. Uh, and then uh, so then Finley just continues to batter him down. Yeah. End of this comes out of nowhere. Savage avoids a corner charge, and then Finley just bashes into the post. He then falls over, and Savage quickly climbs up, lands an elbow, gets a three, and that's nice, out. Nice, clean, surgical precision. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, Good the, back and forth on it as well. I, I, kind of th I was surprised at how much Finley got. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, especially after there was the whole thing we were talking about on Uncensored, where it's like, well, they kind of didn't like blood, WCW, so this was a bit of a fuck up because mm. they were told, yeah, you can do it, but no, it wasn't really approved. And ah, look at the end of the match. <laughs> um, and it's just That's like exactly how it went down. Yeah, because it just feels like backstage caught on fire for a moment. It was like, just get out there and end it. <laughs> Uh, Mongo, uh, hears Bobby Heenan's tasteful line and goes, hold my beer, and says, they're going to go through another famine in Ireland after watching that. Fucking hell, WCW. Well, the one thing I'll say is that, <laughs> I mean, media as a whole was very tone deaf, but wrestling, I, I, I'm fucking looking back at those 1991 trading cards. Just you wait till we open some Southern Boys ones, because oh. there's a lot of them. <laughs> and they're all written about how the South will rise again oh, and no. kicking Yankees over the Mason-Dixie line and, you know, uh, high-fiving kids in hospitals and, and you know, the, the stars and bars flag. And it's like, fuck me, this is written very poorly. And then you get to a Missy High at one and it's just about how attractive she is. And it's like... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Simpler times. 
We I get, guess. We get a commercial for the WCW hotline from Mean Gene. It's the one where he, at one point he dresses as a woman. I'm trying to listen in on, on Sting having a chat over dinner. And he's in dinner. the pool with his snorkel. That's my favorite one. The yeah. snorkel's actually the microphone. And he kind of looks <laughs> up as Disco Inferno's striking out with a lass. <laughs> She's just going like, I'm not dating you, you fucking loser. That's how Sean Ross Sapp gets all his scoops, that is, by the way. He just, just he hangs around in the pool with the microphone, just <laughs> swimming. Sometimes he finds some loose change, gives it to charity because he's a nice guy. <laughs> but then we cross to the real Mean Gene on top of the rap. The real Mean Gene. Like, it wasn't the real Mean Gene in the advert. They brought in Sylvester Stallone to play Mean Gene. <laughs> In the advert, Turner really using that sway of his. We joked on the SmackDown podcast because obviously William Regal's going back to WWE. Yeah. With the caveat that he can't appear on television. That's all right. I'm fairly sure there's an NXT Europe brand that'll be, you know, <laughs> uh, needing somebody with Regal's knowledge. Now we've got a better. We've got a better idea. He's, he's please welcome Billiam Beagle, and it's just Regal <laughs> with a fake mustache. And what if they just Hello, put him? What if they just put him in a lucha mask? Oh, they just make him Mr. Britain, like Mr. America. El Britano. <laughs> no, I just El want... Black Pula. No, even with the Hogan accent, I want Hogan to voice it, like Kai and Ty, basically. <laughs> um, but it's Mr. Britain. And it's Regal just... <laughs> I love Mr. Britain. That's Get Vince go. back, put him in the chair, another lie detector. <laughs> you know? Simpler, simpler, funnier days. El Hijo del Mean Gene uh, is on top of the ramp. <laughs> And he welcomes Ric Flair, who's flanked by Elizabeth and woman. Uh, he gets Flair's thoughts on the match with the giant. Flair ain't worried. Not, not before. Woman kind of grabs me and Gene and he's like, unhand me, woman. <laughs> He just looks at her. This is such contempt. Like, Mean Gene doesn't want to be near her. Like, I wonder if this is the night that his wife's watching. <laughs> no, don't talk to women, wife at work. Get off me. I'm married. <laughs> I said to Alex, when we get married, I want to wear like a very big wedding band just so then anytime I said just so anytime so a woman walks up to me in the street and says excuse me do you know the direction to the airport I just go get away <laughs> when Tom is Tom is often just mobbed we can't move it's like Beatlemania outside the office <laughs> Fifth on the daily can't record shit it's just, all you hear is just <laughs> and I all say day. be back wenches <laughs> I have a wife at home <laughs> they're just fucking like <laughs> like Aragorn and the sword they're all just <laughs> <laughs> as light like emanates from it <laughs> Alex is like you really don't have to do that yes I do just in case I want them to know immediately I'm also going to get a tow hitch and a car yes. a people carrier and I'm buying a jet ski and I'm getting to <laughs> does that have anything to no but I want one <laughs> hence for Christmas uh, unhand me woman says Gene as Flair says tonight we slay a real life walking talking fire breathing giant I've not seen him breathe fire once they've said this several times and I've never once seen him breathe fire all I'm saying is Ricky Steamboat could do it mm. why can't you Andre's son son of huh? a I'm sure your dad would have done it I if he'd been asked but that was back before they knew giants breathed fire I'm, I'm so sure Vince would have mentioned that at some point, you surely. You thought so, yeah. wouldn't you? He would have wanted that out there, all the glitz and glam. You know? yeah. Look at him, he breathes fire. <laughs> he breathes fire! <laughs> what a guy! What a maneuver! <laughs> Godzilla breathing people in the ring. <laughs> Fire-breathing dragon is it's hot. It's just a shadow where well done wants stuff. <laughs> they are well done. <laughs> Woo! Line them up, mate. I'll knock them out of the park. Dodger Stadium. Bum, ba, da, da, rounders. 
That's number one. The fire-breathing dragon uh, battered the bovril-spitting haystacks the other night, so it's only fair. Uh, Ric Flair starts singing. All got- I can think of now is, you, you remember the X-Files run of episodes with the black goo? <laughs> and it's just it was- leaking out of people's eyes and hands and shit. Just, just giant haystacks opening his mouth, doing the whole um, yeah. uh, invasion of the body snatchers scream, just like, Wah! and it's just Bovril just, <laughs> just was, was absolutely coating the front row. But it takes ages for them to coat because it's third degree burns. But there's a WWE staffer out there with t-shirts that I got horribly burned by giant ha- <laughs> Loch Ness. <laughs> Just giving them out free. <laughs> Can you just sign this form? Yeah, there's your free T-shirt. And the form just waves them of any <laughs> medical indemnity or whatever. Haystacks crossed out. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> we print them again. There's They're no all time. handwritten. Every single one's handwritten. And the mistake's made every time. <laughs> At one point, he runs out of the same colored pen. So he just starts becoming like red and green. And then they're all green from that point onwards. Uh, they retcon Luger's fucking stupidity from Uncensored uh, as Gene asks Flair about being KO'd by Luger. He says, for the costly error of judgment you made last night, you're now on the long list of people who aren't going to be able to style and profile with the nature boy. So that's Luger Aww. dismissed from the dungeon of horsemen. And that's only because he fucked up Aww. the spot. Isn't it? I'm sure he's on a lot of people's shit list. Don't he worry. He really is. He then sang, I've got the whole world in my hands. Like he's he did. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Lovely little bit. Though. Bray Wyatt, the thief, <laughs> as we've just discovered. That's where he stole it from. That and schools. Well, we know that if he comes back as Loch Ness after Uncle Howdy stuff's done, then he's definitely been watching his 90s WCW. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Uncle Howdy He'd have to be Loch Swamp Ness. Ness, though, right? Yeah. Swamp Ness. <laughs> I'm, I'm old Greg. Uncle old Greg was swamp Ness. Let's it's just got that. I'm coming for you, Hogan. And Hogan's just in the ring, like, what? Speak up, Sonny. <laughs> I said I'm coming to get you, and I'm gonna beat the shit. He out does of- the wind up for it as well. He's like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a mortal just sagging on his back. The, t- the weight of the ink of the tattoo pulling. <laughs> His skin tight on the front, so it looks like he's got good pecs still. But if you just lift that back up to where it should be, it's just handbag. <laughs> like a bag of soup that someone stuck in the freezer. <laughs> and it's just seeping through the, the grate of the freezer. The sous vide. Yeah. <laughs> giant haystacks. Oh. It's a lovely image. I used to literally live with somebody who, you know, the cheap shittest quality sandwich bags you can buy, the ones that you could fucking blow a hole in. Yes. You could sneeze in the same room as them and they'd go everywhere if they're like halfway across the room. Um, She used to make soups and stocks and all sorts of delicious food. But um, like me and my other housemates would just be like, all right, just go into the freezer. And she'd have put bags of, uh, of soup but use those sandwich bags rather than Tupperware because she will have filled all of the Tupperware and it's the last bit that's left. But because the freezer had like a grate rather than shelves, it would obviously melt the fucking plastic a little bit and it would then sort of look like the, like, like, uh, like Tetsuo's arm at the end of Akira reaching through the grate. Um, And then you couldn't get the fucker out. You had to take the whole shelf out, leave it on the side, and then you just have a soggy, sodden, damp bag of soup just sitting there getting warm all day. I think they, just must, they must just look like meaty stalactites. Yeah, because it kind of it looks, like, it looks like... Yeah, it looks like it's trying to reach down and grab the fish fingers or something. <laughs> like, the fish fingers are like, ah! Underneath. Captain Birdseye shitting himself. <laughs> <laughs> he looks confident still on that boat. 
Well, I don't fancy his chances against frozen beef stock. Do you remember when they made Captain Birdseye a, a handsome younger man? No, I don't. Fucking I don't. Livid. I don't exist in that timeline. Uh, that yeah, well, you do well not to. Because it, it was always Young's had like the more heartstring pulling the adverts. Like, mm. look at these hardworking fishermen support. You know, the British hardworking fishermen or whatever that are bringing all this stuff to Grimsby to get flash frozen. Um, whereas Birdseye <laughs> would just be like, "Oh, I'm a bored kid and tea's shit," and then Captain Birdseye <laughs> would just magically appear on the table and he'd just be like, "That's right, come with me." And then this kid would just run away from his family, jump on a boat, and then they'd go catch some fish that would magically turn into fish fingers. And then the kid would be like, "Delicious!" And Birdseye sort of just cleaned the fuck up. Gives him a little of wink and just goes. Do you remember Walls don't, Balls? Don't tell anyone what happened. Do you remember Walls Balls? <laughs> I basically <laughs> battered balls of sausage. Was this, was this what happened with Captain Birdseye? <laughs> <laughs> That's why they had to replace him with the younger one. Balls <laughs> finally <Yeah>. caught him. <laughs> We've got you, Birdseye. You can't do shit now. We just coming into our chicken side of the business. <laughs> you, Fuck you. Stick you to dirty fish fingers. bastard. <laughs> grave was desecrated. Um, no, we got buried at sea. <laughs> The and there'd be nowhere for any of the, the bird's eye loyalists to go and, you know, gather and, and show their appreciation for him. It's just what they did with Bin Laden. <laughs> well, he buried him at sea, Captain Birdseye. <laughs> well, he's a captain. <laughs> yeah, making my fish fingers. Not now, Captain. <laughs> so, Wall's balls... Yeah. Were they so what sausage balls? So it was wall sausage, uh, but basically halfway between a breaded chicken nugget and like a battered nugget. It I'm was all weird. Right with that. They were like they were low key, ridiculously unhealthy. I imagine. Mm. But if you're a fan of a beige tea, I like then, a beige tea. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of a beige tea where you just kind of go, "What are we having tonight? Freezer buffet." Mm. And you know, it, it's the last remnants of the bag of, of turkey dinosaurs and some smiley faces. Um, they go perfectly with that, but I imagine that eating simply one of them will take a day off your life. Mm. As, as healthy as being hit by a Ford Cortina. Yeah. That's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. JL. Be right here, back to the wrestling. Jerry Lynn under a mask again. Jerry Lynn. Uh, he's taking on Conan, who is the US champion. Jeez, what a gift. With, yeah. these, with these walls balls, you are really spoiling us. <laughs> uh, gr a greasy fucking pyramid. <laughs> the ambassador's reception. <laughs> Do you want any of these, love? Oh, they look rancid. <laughs> oh, oh, they're a bit... Greasy fingers and shit. They're a bit hard. Oh. Michael, did you cook them? I thought they were... I thought they came ready-made like scotch eggs. No, you've got to... Yo, fuck. We've poisoned just, the ambassador's I quite, reception. I quite like the idea of them just serving them as canapes and not telling anybody. <laughs> um, and then and then just being like, they'll never know. Shh. And then the war's dog pops up and goes, wolves. <laughs> And it turns out he was cooking them all along. And it fuck knows, you know, what oh. the kind of kitchen standards would be there where you have a long-haired, shaggy dog <laughs> operating a deep-fat fryer. I don't even know how he's doing it. He probably needs special um, hardware because he doesn't have thumbs. I know how he's doing it. He's got a little mouse. He's got a little rat controlling him like in Ratatouille. <laughs> he's, got all these, he's just got a bag Pulling of rats. On his ears. He's got a bag of rats, right? And he can lower one of those into the fryer. <laughs> And then the rat will instinctively try and eat the wall's balls. So it'll fish one out, and that he just kind of throws away the, the roasted rat, uh, sorry, fried rat, uh, and then just takes the wall's ball and starts building his pyramid. So you don't see this at the ambassador's reception. No, but it does answer the question as to why they all had a small rectangular mark in them. 
oh, on either side. Is that... They didn't. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to go on a conspiracy theory. No, no, no. No, no, no. There's no conspiracies around. No, there's, a, there's a, a bit of a two-part conspiracy, though, in this episode that proof will be provided next week. Oh, for. shit the bed. Uh, Conan and JL, they go back and forth. As Conan takes control, Bischoff tells us that security is backstage trying to calm down Randy Savage, who wants to get his hands on Ric Flair, because he's out there, you know, living, lording it up with Elizabeth on his side, saying how he took all, her, all Savage's money, and he's yep. furious. Apparently, he's kicking down doors and fighting bouncers. WCW trying to get a camera back there because that's the one thing you need when someone's really cross. Yeah. Quick, film them. Film Live them. link. This is content. This is We've con come full circle, Tom, because that's exactly what the internet is now. Yeah. It's on fire. Right. Well, it don't is. get out of the house. Film your oven. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Bosh, this is what your oven's done. It's burning my kitchen <laughs> down. Leave the fucking house. And there's just a towel and like oil spilling everywhere and burning. And it's quite clear that the person has caused the fire. And another and thing, like, Donnell Mill, these fucking, towels. Yeah. <laughs> They're flammable. What the fuck? They say inflammable. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Alan Conan uh, continue to have a banger whilst Bischoff talks to us about the cruiserweight tournament that's taking place on two continents in America and Japan. Japan. Plus, uh, that will continue next week. <laughs> that's how you pronounce it properly? Japan. Japan. I was doing it as if I was the Street Fighter 2 announcer. All right. Japan. Yeah. Do do. The noise he makes. I'll take your word for it. I was more of a Mortal Kombat kid. Ah. Yeah. So you didn't get the man who went, USA. I, we're never, USSR. I never had, like many fighting games until PS1, I think. Oh. I got my first Street Fighters like back then, I think. Or Capcom Versus or whatever. India. That was another one he did. Nice. Japan. United um, Kingdom. Did they have United Kingdom? Oh, fucking no. The UK. No, they didn't. A sequence you know, of roll Brian Fury. Brian Fury's Tekken. I don't even think Brian's uh, English. Oh. Is it Steve Fox who's English? One of them's fucking English. Is one of the Tekken characters English? I think so, yeah. 
I don't think it's Brian Fury now that I think about it. It Ooh. might be Steve Fox, or at least I thought canonically one of them was. I might be completely wrong. I wonder where Bats in the but UK Tekken, is it's, from. But it's King of the Iron Fist tournament, you know, so people are coming from all over the world, and hence why all of your stages are based in sort of different settings. You might have like more of a tropical stage, more of like an industrial city stage. Uh, you'll have like, you know, all of these different... Downing Street. Yeah. What was his name? I'm trying to... Oh, I'm going to check this out, because I want to see... Because because I wonder where canonically, as we say, he's from. Uh, hold on. British Tekken characters. He's on it. He's on it. Uh, character, fighter by nationality, Tekken. Uh, British fighters. Here we go. Uh, Steve Fox, yeah. And Mrs. Williams. Steve Fox and Mrs. Williams. So Steve Fox. Steve Fox is from simply the United Kingdom. Oh. Uh, <laughs> young British boxer who was adopted at a young age and whose origins long remain shrouded in mystery. Oh. Throughout the game, Steve's main objective has been to learn more information about his past, including the origin of the mysterious scar on his arm. It was a pub fight in Wigan. And get revenge against those <laughs> responsible. With his debut in Tekken 4, it was revealed that he's the biological son of Nina Williams and that his conception was done synthetically by the Mishima Zaibatsu. Then later in Tekken Tag Tournament 2 and Tekken 7, it was revealed that the Zaibatsu ordered his conception in order to get themselves a new, more durable test subject for their experiments. Um, is he just British in nationality alone? I want to I want to do a, a bit of research and find out where in the UK where Steve Fox is from. Is Steve Fox on his from. on his gear uh he has a crest which I don't recognize. Steve Fox the footballer just popped up there and went Tamworth. I was like oh, oh Steve Fox is Tamworth. That would have been easy. But he has a crest on his tights. I feel like he's from the north. I've <laughs> we just got to complete a side here about Tekken. Yeah, we'll get back to the wrestling in a minute. Obviously, the wrestling's very important. He's 100% just going to be from London, though, isn't he? I like, know he is, but there's part of me that holds out. They go, oh, he's from Doncaster. Oh, well, fuck. go on, Tekken. Johnny. He's a Donny boy. He's from Newcastle. <laughs> this is where we like pull up a clip of like Steve Fox. Oh, fucking kill you, man. <laughs> you pull up a clip of Steve Fox, and he's like, guys, I'm from England. Oh. Oh, no, that's Let's do the fight, guys. All right, darling, I'm from Sunderland. <laughs> Fuck you. You've ruined Christmas. Actually, I'm Scottish. <laughs> no, they would, wouldn't know, they? Like, that explains the accent, Steve. I'm from the Great Britain town of Scotland. Uh, K-Dog, JL, have a cracker. Sequence of roll-ups between the two leads to a top-rope DDT from JL for a near fall. Mm. Conan gets the win with an Alabama slam. Yeah, fucking brutal one as well. Oh. In the corner, just winner! And then rolls straight over. Absolutely it was, well is him. It, it, again, it's just Bischoff's kind of car crash mentality. It works so fucking well. I mean, it's mm. Conan and Jerry Lynn. How can it not work well at all at this time period? Uh, it, yeah, it's definitely one to check out. If you're not going to watch any of this week's show, I'd say it's the one to watch from the show. Um, but also during this match is where Eric Bischoff once again insinuates that World Championship Wrestling, the C stands for commitment. Oh, he does, he? Now, I have it on good authority, and I will provide proof next week, um, that the C actually stands for communism. Oh, <laughs> Um, we're going out. We're going out for Christmas on a high. Then we're going out for Christmas on a high. Yeah, um, world communism wrestling. And if you think about where WCW have been in the last two years, it kind of starts to hold a bit of weight, considering they were over in the Juche ideology-driven communist 
country of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Oh. <laughs> but I have photographic evidence. Oh, shit. And that bombshell will be dropped next week for anybody who has eyes and is able to, to, to see the video if you're a patron. Mm. Yeah, if not, I might tweet it if I remember. Patreon.com forward slash Cold Actually, next week's a good week to join. It could be a Christmas present because we're going to be opening Nitro cards. Yeah. And it'd be nice for you to see that as well. Yeah, we'll do can. that nice, like, you know, fun stuff before we explore Eric Bischoff's deep, dark roots um, and origins in Moscow. I challenge you to find an, a Nitro or a WWE themed podcast that is going to go from, let's open some trading cards to communism. And in between there, talk about Mr. Not Frosty just, and the just, Christmas but, bee. But not just communism, like 1980s communism. Oh, yeah, the full fat like, communism. Like Hollywood communism. Before they took the sugar out. Yeah. <laughs> and made commun communism max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just falling down a bit of a rabbit hole here. and nah. We're going to end up on some form of podcast watch list. Brilliant. Uh, if we keep talking... About the 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 big old uh, the big old the big old the red um, friends the, yeah the the red flag loving um, friends um, differently politically ideologically different um, chums yeah <laughs> I tell you what bring us back out the rabbit hole <laughs> Disco Inferno with his new CD uh, which is called Disco Inferno Shake Your Booty Tour Are you ready for a battle of the booties? Sam Driver, you can't appreciate this if you're just listening, but Sam Driver is, has a wistful look on his face. Like he is either contemplating, uh, like scorching an entire field of lilies. <laughs> or whether or not he left the oven on. <laughs> and in this climate, one cannot afford to leave the oven on. <laughs> at the very best, at the very best, it'll blow your house up. Um, yeah. Disco is... Inferno versus Booty Man. Fucking fair play to him. <laughs> Genuinely. It's like, well, who the fuck are they going to, you know, put them up against? Booty man versus man who shakes his booty. Um, it's fun. You know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, who's fucking shit? Because it's hardly going to be a five-star classic. It's fucking Brutus and Disco. Like, it worked all right. It, it was fine. It it's was just, short I, I think that you should have saved the Battle of the Booty for a Battle of the Booty pay-per-view. I feel like you could have put this on pay-per-view. Yeah. But really they, built to it. Yeah. Have Booty Man release his own CD and have it outsell discos. Oh! Yeah. That would be, yeah, release his theme It music. would require spending millions of dollars for a throwaway, like, lower mid-card situation that's not even a feud. Worth it. Uh, but I think, yeah, it's worth it. Worth you know, Ted doing. already brought in Sylvester Stallone to play Mean Gene for that advert. <laughs> exactly. He's got cash to burn. Exactly. Probably going to be able to write it off, you know. Uh, this is a really short and sweet <laughs> match between these two. Booty gives a few atomic drops while Kimberly Page is loving life at ringside. Uh, Booty lands a high knee to Disco Inferno. Uh, this comes after Page smacks his bottom. Yeah. I think powers him up. This is this is the first, um, the first time that I remember witnessing um so far in our watch throughs that um that the the booty babe or whatever she's called um physically got to caress that booty Sad now it booty. does look like it was quick and eric bischoff does keep saying we're liver than live but i think that what really happened here was that for about 15 minutes she would not let go oh and she was just gently caressing his booty <laughs> uh, and then from there they kind of just did a very quick clever cut to the point where she pulled out <laughs> Wrong choice of words. <laughs> I'd I'd argue the right the <laughs> she right wasn't just caressing it. It was a whole hand. 
We all pulled out when uh, that was. So, do you think then that she just lava? She she hit it at the right time, and there was a decent clean cut. Maybe it was like one God of those situations with like how hard would you have to slap a chicken to cook it with a slap? <clears throat> Except she's actually able to do it and imbues the power of Anoki somehow into his ass. She like channels Anoki. <laughs> There's like a moment where you don't see her. She's doing something on the ramp because the crowd's like. <laughs> that's the Nicolas Cage and they all look a bit shocked uh, I think she's going full Super Saiyan power up and mm -hmm. she's like this beam of energy shoots out and then this other beam of energy comes back and now there's two beams of energy and then she just all of a sudden just and imbues a fighting spirit like she's got some sort of telepathic link to Anoki I say thousands of miles away Anoki is washing a spoon in the sink and he just feels <laughs> a disturbance in the force <laughs> power <laughs> travel well <laughs> It he just starts vibrating. <laughs> Ceiling of his house blows out. <laughs> so will Page, will Kimberly Page be able to smack other people's booty and instill the fighting power of Anoki into them? If that is indeed what's or happening. Or is it a one and done? Is there a booty satellite? A booty light, if you will. Yeah, is, or are we using Anoki's proprietary satellite system? And if so, can I then subscribe to it? I believe Anoki's proprietary satellite system was the way that you could download Legend of Zelda on the NES back in the day. Right. <laughs> They did it all through Nintendo TV. They did, they did it all. The spirits <laughs> did it all in one night. Um, How fucking wild is it? You used to be able to get basically a radio mate, receiver, I, plug it into your console, tune it to a set frequency, and boom, you've got a game. It blows my mind. And they do you demos. Essentially, and shit. have it's PlayStation fucking, Plus on the NES in the eighties. Like, Sega did it as well, and then you'd see things with Sega like the Dreamcast, which I will fucking prattle on about once again. Please do, because it 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 should not have died. It was fucking bullshit that the Dreamcast didn't get the chance it deserved. Because look at what it had for a console. All the online link up, the fucking removable memory storage with the screens, just it should not have gone. It, it shouldn't should have, have just been us. Shenmue one and two, motherfuckers. There should have been at least ten of the bastards. <laughs> Perhaps. And Shenmue out. walked so Yakuza could run. I I know that, <laughs> but I I and I've still Shen not got to Shenmue three because I mean it, it just don't look like it's going to be a great time, but. You still got one and two. Shemu walked so yeah. Yakuza could walk a bit quicker. <laughs> yeah, Yakuza never <laughs> runs. Like, Kiryu ain't going to run anyway. He's going to walk at pace. And then somebody's going to get in his way and he's going to go, mm, and he's going to beat the fucking shit out of it, but not kill them. Unless mm -hmm. it's the, the, the prequel Ishin side thing where it's set in Japanese history where you can just shoot people. Oh, Kiryu's like, I, I don't kill people, but he'll leave a guy absolutely stomped to death on the side of the road with no medical assistance. But he's like, well, it's not me that's killed him. It's his injuries and lack of strength to get himself to a hospital. <laughs> his lack of it. breath. And the police, the police just go, fair play, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and if they get, if they get arsed, it's like, yeah, but you still killed him. He'd be like, he's a fucking purse thief or something. Or he just came out of that bar and started screaming at me. Like, oh, fair play. <laughs> Call me Slowpoke Jones. Mm. Uh, have you found Okada in the Yakuza games yet? Uh, there's no Okada in them. He's in six, right? Because it's Okada. I think five, the five has the New Japan dad, so like Tenzan um, and like uh, Masahiro Chono and I think Tatsumi Fujinami's in it. Uh, but there's always like a side business quest where you'll have to, so like in Zero, one of the quests, the side quest things is uh, you run a cabaret club. So you have to, you know, like a hostess cafe type thing where people come in to sit down and uh, with a specific hostess 
and they just sort of chat and have drinks and and it's like a weird thing for us in the west i guess but out there like host and made cafes and everything you just sort of go along um and either you want to sit down with a specific person from the board or you'll just get whoever you get and you just have a natter with somebody and it's like a nice way to just do something social yeah if you're on your own i guess um but you had to run that whole business and, and it was awesome and they really should turn that into it, its own fucking game franchise because it was addictive as all hell. Uh, but you would have like three other business owners or five other business owners who were in the same business as you, like, but running your competitors and you'd have to have like battles where who's going to make the most money. And the every time the New Japan stars have been featured, it's been, I think, one of those kind of interactions where you'll have like... Tenzan can't get the job done, so Fujinami's like, and like has a massive go at him. And he's like, I'll step up now. And then you beat the shit out of Fujinami. Wow. And it's like, oh no. And then you got to get all your way to Chono. And then you beat him. And then they're all like, we respect you now. Oh. We're all friends. Oh, I love that. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the sort of the cultural equivalent of like fucking John Cena yeah. turning up in Watch Dogs. Like Tekken 7. Tekken 7 had a uh, New Japan crossover. Like King had, uh, I believe, Tiger Mask gear. So you could put him in like the cape and trunks and it was like a more cartoony style king mask. Uh, and you had like bullet club shirts you could put on your characters and like loads of oh, tie and stuff. Love that. But I like a good wrestling tie in yeah. in a non-wrestling game. It's great. Mm. Um, we come to our... Okay, so Booty wins, basically. He then snogs Kimberly's mouth off. Of course. Gar Kimberly's a trooper. Bless her. Uh, short and sweet. That's fine. Yeah, you know, it, it was, again, I... I I, I commend you for putting the Battle of the Booty on free TV. You know, people will go off about Goldberg Hogan like it's some big deal, but fuck those two. Who cares? It's all about the Battle of the Booty. That's and, the real and one. You made that, sure everybody was nice them, and quiet. That cost, for it them, too. that cost them the Monday Night Wars well before they even started proper. They stalled at the blocks before yeah. the race had even begun. Yeah. Oh, Christ. That actually is the, you, you know, they're, they're going head to head, and then somebody just remembered, oh, they did Battle of the Booty on free TV. And then everybody stopped watching Nitro. It was no other reason. <laughs> it was simply that. We've already got it. I don't see anything wrong with pole matches every week. You know, people <laughs> using tasers as weapons. Do you? No, you don't. <laughs> Mate, Saturday night, WCW Saturday night. Yeah. Giant versus Big Bubba's on. Uh-huh. Dean Malenko versus Sting is on. Uh-huh. Leg Luger versus Shark. Yeah. He's still around. We've got fucking Saturday night with a loaded card like that, and we've got the Battle of the Booty <laughs> on fucking How Nitro. Lucky we are. On Nitro. <laughs> I'd swap out for Leg Luger and Shark. Yeah. Oh. Any reason to get Tentner out there, man? Get don't, him out there. Don't worry, because Leg's here. Him and Stang are defending the WCW tag team titles against the American Males. It wouldn't be fucking December without some American Males goodness. Oh, Buff Bagwell. Uh, this week's uh, will be starring in a movie. Well, he, he filmed this week for the movie in question. Uh, he plays a corrupt baddie called the Warrior in the movie Day of the Warrior. Well, from IMDb, the agency's computer database is compromised by a powerful criminal named the Warrior. Now, with a list of all the undercover agents' identities in hand, he's going after all of them one by one. No reviews. So that's Buff Bagwell. All I can picture there. Uh, with that synopsis is basically, um, you know, that from Jurassic Park, uh, but with just Buff Bagwell and his little hat with his own face spray painted on it. Just oh. going, uh, 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 like he'd make the perfect annoying sort of future villain 
sort of character because that's what, all him. he is as a person. Just an annoying. He looks like person. he's just walked right out of the future in Demolition Man for most of his later <laughs> WCW run, and he behaves as such as well. <laughs> he'd, he'd know how to use the seashells. Yeah, of course he would. <laughs> now. He would try and flush him, though. That's where he would <laughs> fall down. He got further than Sly, but, you know. Now, I I get on the case of Leg Luger on a weekly basis. Yeah. I say that this angle is, is, is too much for him, and he does my head in. It was done well this week. I, I take that back this week. I thought he was perfect this week but the whole dynamic work because fucking well there's a funny line on commentary where it's like sting is one of the most unforgiving and caring friends um but you have sting in there commentary immediately addresses the fact that sting is being fucked with but sting seems to be you know the type of guy where he's you know he's gonna try and put all that aside because he's got loyalties to him and even if he's being a bit of a dick now, maybe it's something that he, he's just not wanting to talk about or, you know, it's a personal thing or something. So Sting just looks like, you know, a consummate professional. He's in there. And yeah, it's sort of baby faces versus pseudo baby faces, I guess. Uh, and Sting's just in there to have a good fucking match. Exactly. The highlight bit, though, as we get into the match, was as they walked out, yeah. you had Sting at the front high-fiving the kids and stuff. Luger behind him looking livid. Yeah. Like, l- sneering at everybody. Except when Sting turned around, like, Luger's face lit up yeah. with a massive smile, <laughs> high fiving the kids until Sting looks away and then goes, oh, "You fucking piece of shit!" Perfect. <laughs> I take back what I've said. Perfect, perfect, perfect. The thing is, like, I'd rather we, be happy we, than right. But we don't have a problem with the story. We have a problem with the length of time the story has taken. It has run for as long as this podcast. Sting has been getting fucked over on the weekly by a combination of Luger, Sullivan, and or both. For fuck knows how long now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it just... And it's like, yeah, you know, we know that Sting is this guy. He's really nice. And he's not going to be the type of guy where he's like, come on, Lex. And he's going to turn his back on him or whatever. Because that's just who he is. Because you've told us this for six and a half fucking months. And we already <laughs> know this since like 1990. Because Sting is Sting. He's the biggest fucking star in the company. <laughs> The biggest baby face. Always got time for kids. Always got time to be high-fiving and, and having a good time. And he's always speaking positively. Like, he's in the fucking magazine adverts. And it just took so long. He looks like an idiot. That's the issue. That's the issue, is he looks like a moron. Yeah, it's he's, like he's gone past He's gone past just kind of courteous guy to blaringly oblivious. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Sting... <laughs> Sting uh, obviously plays it nice in there with uh, with with the American males. Yeah. Luger, bit more heelish. Mm. Anyway, the finish ends with Sting landing a body block, and as he hits it, Scotty Riggs with the body block, Marcus Bagwell goes to get into the ring. Yeah. As the counts go down, he just stops. Yeah. I feel like maybe he was meant to be cut off, or maybe he was out of the a bit too early. A getting bit too in. early. But then part of me was like. That shows that, one, because of what happens afterwards. So, one, Marcus Bagwell has respected the rules of wrestling in the way that it's like, hey, I'm getting in. And he leans as if to be, like, distracting or like he's going to jump in. Mm -hmm. It was probably a fuck up, but it still kind of works with the ending because he didn't fuck Sting over. Yeah. Like he went, well, you know what? Fair play. You beat were whatever. Like, Isn't there an unwritten rule that says you can only you can only break up a pin a certain amount of time? I have no idea. I remember that being said recently. But I, I think that 
you know, it, it sort of works because afterwards you have Sting like raising their arms, but that yeah. just comes after Luger immediately peels to the outside. So there's another good bit as well, which sort of puts Bagwell over here. And that's Luger tags Sting in to go up against Bagwell. And Sting's just like, oh man, like me against him. Like, it's like, you're fucking Sting. Mm. Like, but he's still, <laughs> he's still trying to make him look like a credible, because he is, he's an exciting, credible performer at this time. And, you know, he's doing that more dynamic tag team thing. And people want to see them wrestle, as weird as it is to kind yeah. of think about. Um, that, you know, you've got all that. And yeah, Luger peels to the outside after the bell with both belts. And he's like mugging off. Sting has to ask for his belt back. And he looks <laughs> pissed off for the first time when he gets the belt back. He then puts his belt down and then raises the arms of the American males as Luger's walking away, obsessed with his other two belts. <laughs> so like, it, it's it worked well. It just should have happened like, Five and a half months ago. Maybe now, maybe now we're we're getting closer. <laughs> fucking now sting. we know. Now we know. I don't even know if we are. <laughs> now we, you kept saying we now, know now. We kept saying now we know. <laughs> did I? No, I didn't. I don't think I did. Oh, now we. You kept know. saying now we know. <laughs> That's a wonderful Mitchell and Webb cut. There, I'm very happy with that. Main event o'clock, and it is Ric Flair putting his dub C dub title on the line against the Giant. Flair is flanked by Liz and Woman, uh, and Liz is throwing what we believe to be Savage's money around. Randy's to... alimony. Yeah. yeah. Just... And fans are going, yeah, it's probably money with Ric Flair's face printed on it, but yeah, oh, it's got uh, motion picture use only, not fit for whatever. <laughs> yeah, and going wild. Um, but then Randy comes sprinting down. He was having a right like, alimony like, about it. Am I right, kids? Duggan had to come out. So a couple of people had to come out and like proper hold him down and pull him away because he's about to just launch himself at them. I spotted du Duggan and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Just sort of holding him back from mm. getting to Flair and to Liz. Uh, Liz threw the money in Macho's face yeah. and slapped him. And Duggan all the while, I think Duggan should have gone, fuck it, get the bitches, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> That had a babyface Duggan in a heartbeat. Fucking go get him. <laughs> we'll have a babyface Duggan. Is there any other Duggan? But it was ultra babyface Duggan. It'd have been like heroes of all All he mankind. would need is the American flag to hoist afterwards, oh. and that'd be it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, the match starts with big nature boy chance. Uh, Giant just... And, and, and Flair's brilliant here, because Giant just shoves him, and Flair bounces into another postcard. Well, yeah, because Flair's been already on the show just going on about, like, I think it was, what was it? He says to, like, Randy, uh, to, sorry, to Liz, it's like, who's the better wrestler, me or the Giant? And, or me or Lex Luger? And it's like, you. Who's got a better body, me or Lex Luger? And a woman's like, you do, champ. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's completely delusional, of course, because it's Ric Flair, but having him actually go up against an actual wall is good because it's like well how the fuck's he gonna do it you know he's gonna have to cheat and he looks frustrated from yeah. the off which is brilliant we get word from the back that randy savage has been handcuffed and escorted from the building <laughs> what did he do <laughs> that'll serve you for getting pissed off that yeah. they're throwing away your alimony money i'd be arresting liz and woman no if anything he should be happy he's all about high-fiving fans there you go. You know, some kids getting a nice bottle of coke afterwards there you go. a couple of dollars that rick flair threw their way and the adults getting a nice bag of coke can what you imagine though if it was just turner money and they're just these bags of hundreds just <laughs> <laughs> we had some we found this in a bucket backstage <laughs> we, we need know. to get rid of it before the tax man comes 
Go, 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 go. <laughs> Flares try and shoulder blocks and chops. Nothing is having a, a single effect. The giant lands two military press slams onto Flair. It's when it's Giant just... shoves Flair into the corner and drops to his knees. And oh! Flair's are like Flair's like crouched. He's like halfway up. And Giant is still as tall as him. And it's just like Giant's just sort of looking across at him, like mugging him off. And it's like... Really it's just great. It gets even better. So Flair goes up top. Believe it or not, Flair actually comes off the top rope on this occasion. He does it. He does it from time to time. He does, but he got caught midair by the Giant. Yeah. And, uh, and the end was nigh. From there, the Giant's in control. We see something unfucking believable I could not imagine Paul White, any point in his career, <laughs> doing what he did here. My God. He went all the way up to the top of the rope, the Tiffany top rope. I did a top rope body splash, a super fly splash. Right, he cleared the fucking ring. <laughs> he nearly hit the turnbuckle in the corner. Yeah. He nearly fucking brained himself on the yeah. way down. He and came it's not down. the only time you're in the match either. No, he keep, it, it, it happens at least twice where he nearly knocks himself yeah. out clean. Because there's a point where he's thrown. I'm not quite sure where it is in the mix, but he's thrown to the outside and he sort of does the you know the flare up and over and out. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like him doing it because it's sort of I guess the juxtaposition of it. It's quite nice. But he goes flying into the corner and it genuinely looks like he just headbutts the corner post. He must miss it by millimeters. And then within like a split second, it's like a family guy fall. There's like, you're standing upright and then you're just down. There's no middle. He's just sort of on the top rope. You see him start to go over. And then within a split second, he is just pancaked on the outside. And it's like, oh! And his head is just like, the he, entire time. He landed with a thud. Yeah. A proper thud. Uh, now, this is where the shenanigans have got to start kicking in because Flair's been able to avoid the splash and avoid the corner splash that turned into the thud to the elbow, yeah. thud to the outside. Uh, Liz distracts the referee that leads Ric Flair to choke the giant with mm. some wire cord that woman had supplied. Yes, and he keeps hiding it in his trunks whenever the referee comes by. He's just like, oh, I'm just strutting. Oh, I've just well, got, a, just got a really pants. long, thin willy. I've just got an itchy cock and balls, ref. <laughs> Leave me alone. Flair I know your name's Randy. I don't even know it was Randy Anderson. I know your name's Randy. Randy, Randy Anderson. <laughs> I'm assuming it's Randy, Randy Anderson. <laughs> it's a name and a lifestyle choice. Flair gets a thumb to the eyes of the Giant, and Giant goes down onto one knee, and this is where we see Flair uh, hitting some right hands, like some boxing yeah. blows to the Giant. It's a low blow for good measure as well, just to keep him down. It's all Flair now until Giant finally gives him a one off the top rope. He goes for the top rope once again as Flair and Giant hoys him off. And then Flair is like, he's like having a tantrum at the yeah. prospect of Giant sizing him up. Giant gives this look that genuinely looks terrifying. It is the thumbnail for the podcast if you wish to see it. <laughs> Just his eyes look like they're about to fall out of his yeah. head. Terrifying man is the Giant. Uh, Flair is like, is like walloping around on the floor like a fish. Like, because he doesn't want to get choke slammed, but he just stands there almost angry and petrified as the giant walks up, wraps his, uh, his hand around Flair's throat, pulls him up, and choke slams him. And that very much feels like it. But of course, fucking Nitro, innit? Yeah. So here's. There can't woman. be a definitive finish. No, because that would no. be. That'd be too you much. You wouldn't fun. tune in next week if there was a happy ending. No, exactly. I would there go, switch that off, and never again. <laughs> What's this? Happiness? Fuck that. The greatest gift that I possess. <laughs> Liz and woman hit the ring. They run distraction. Here comes fucking Arn Anderson. Here comes Kerry. 
come. Blah, blah, blah. Arn hits Giant with a chair. And then Arn hands the chair to Kevin Sullivan. Or does Sullivan snatch it away from him? Like, what are you doing? I feel like Arn gave it because to him. I, I, as if to go. I know that Sullivan stood there just going like, like, what are you doing? And then, yeah, maybe he hands him it to get rid of it or whatever. Because Eric Bischoff describes um, the chair. Because what happens is Giant turns around. And knows someone hit him in the back with a chair. Sees Sullivan. Sees Kevin Sullivan. It's like, a, it's like an early Eddie Guerrero spot. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, Bishop describes the chair as a literal smoking gun, which is not which is very wrong. It's, it's, it's not even smoke. It's just a... It's, it's not a, even a gun. It's a slightly dinted steel chair now. It's a metaphorical smoking gun. <laughs> if, if, if he saw a literal smoking gun... Come on, gun, Eric. Fucking hell. Who shot the giants? Yeah, we'd be in TNA in 2002. This wouldn't be... I mean, that's true. TNA do like to kill people off completely. Uh, the commentary unit... So, so therefore, what happens from here is that chokeslams are all round then. Yes. Giant dominates to end well, the night. He, well, he, he chokeslams uh, Sullivan first, and then after chokeslamming Sullivan, he kind of turns to Arn like, or oh, was it you? And then Arn's like, no, 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 no. And then, yeah. One for good and measure. And then you've just got, you've just got fucking... Just all of the screaming, all of the nonsense going on in the middle of the ring. Giants calmly gets out. They announce it as a no contest. And that's that. But my favorite thing is, I think it's during that look when he opens his mouth to scream at Flair. And he's just like, Argh! I think it's woman starts screaming before you hear him make a noise. So he opens his mouth and you just hear like high pitched scream. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I hadn't spotted that. <laughs> I'm going to go back and see that. <laughs> I don't think that was anything that happened. Uh, commentary unit side off, reminding us that don't worry, Hogan's here next week. Yeah. Poochie's back next week. All you this, got a reason to tune in. Don't worry. Make sure you're here Red, next yellow, week. yellow, leg drops, <laughs> posing, brother. That was Nitro for yeah. March the 25th. And you, you know what? Pretty good episode overall. We've considering that it shite. wasn't exactly fucking stellar lineup wise. You know, earlier on, maybe, you know, Booty Battle is maybe not one that I would have tread out. But at the same time, fucking fair play. You know, it's an all right episode. It was an all right episode of Nitro. Yeah. We have one more left for 2022. Uh, we are working on some phenomenal Christmas content for you, which we can't tell you about yet. Little cheeky secret. It's very good. I could plug uh, a non-cultaholic endeavor. I think I'm on the one show tomorrow. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The fuck? <laughs> I've on the one show. How? Why? <laughs> because because Is Titch March still on it? Uh, I hope so. Uh, Richie, because um, because they're doing a, a charity run for, for bikes yeah. for Christmas in Newcastle, and they want to do a feature on it. Ah. And uh, Richie Anderson from Radio 2 is coming into BBC Radio Newcastle, and they said, can we film you? I was like, yeah. yeah so I might be on the one show tomorrow. <laughs> Tune in. You'll have oh, missed it by this point. It's utter bollocks. No, it's fine because it's Sunday. It's on oh, is tomorrow. It? Oh, it's on tomorrow. Mo okay, Mondays I thought you meant as in it was on oh, no, tomorrow no. night. Monday's edition okay. of The One Show. Because this is Friday right yeah, now. Yeah, if you're in England, it's on BBC mm. One. God knows what it would be. If you're in America, you probably need to get a, a VPN. and you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to tell you. you know sponsored by Egg VPN. We're not sponsored by Egg VPN. We'd use it for Egg free. Egg VPN. <laughs> <laughs> if you like a hard-boiled bit of internet... You don't need any subscriptions. You don't need shit. You just get your Ethernet cable. You cut the fucker in two and you stick each end into a hard-boiled egg. There you go. Get on that. There's a <laughs> job for Christmas for you. He's at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Sam Campbell on Twitter. And together we're at Gold. Oh, God, Twitter. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.